warning. What you're about to hear may contain mature language, adult situations, and depictions of graphic violence. Listener discretion is advised. What's up, Zoe Nerds? Welcome back to the Trash Sheep. I'm Elliot Greenman. Joining me as always is Keith Vance. Keith, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Elliot. How yeah. are you? Doing pretty good. Um, a lot's happened since our, our last episode, the underrated horror movies. Uh, the world's had an apocalyptic meltdown, but yeah. other than that... Well, I mean, what I think is kind of interesting is uh, we've kind of found out that the movie They Live wasn't a movie, but a documentary from the future. Yeah, Roddy Piper was right. So, I mean, I'm going to make a prediction right now, too. Uh, that perhaps Highlander 2 was also a documentary from the future, and when the ozone's destroyed and we have to blot out the entire sun to survive, in the next year or two, I think I'm going to be proven right on that one. That's fine. I'm ready to experience a quickening. Dude, it's been a long time since we've had a good quickening. (laughs) (laughs) If you haven't checked out our underrated horror countdown, uh, please go back and give it a listen. Even though Halloween's over, it's only over if you let it be, so... Give that a listen and check out some undiscovered horror gems that some we good recommended. Picks on there. Yeah, yeah, some extremely deep cuts that will impress your friends. Oh, you know what? Also, I want to mention is uh, if you did listen to our our pilot episode about Dreamcatcher, we were really confused as to why the alien talks in a British accent, um, and we speculated that maybe the alien just thought the accent sounded cool, and then uh, one of our listeners got back to us and told us that they read the book, the Stephen King book, The Dreamcatcher is based on... What was that? <laughs> guys I don't know if you guys picked up on that, but it's literally a demon voice just engulfed our studio right now. Anyway, getting back to... We are experiencing technical difficulties of the occult nature. Uh, getting back... Um... Yeah, one of our listeners who read the Stephen King book, which Dreamcatcher is based on, got back to us and confirmed that, that it is indeed the alien just really liked the sound of British accents and thought they sounded neat. So that's why, why he talked in a British accent, Mr. Gray did. Wow, what an incredible piece of trivia. Shout out to whoever took the time to read that book. <laughs> All right, now it's time for a little thing we call knee-jerk reactions. Knee-jerk reactions. So, I don't have one this week, do you? I do have a knee-jerk reaction, actually. Uh, There's a new trailer called uh, A Cure for Wellness. This is a Gore Verbinski film, and it's about a young executive who heads to a remote location in the Alps uh, to retrieve his company's CEO from a mysterious wellness center. Now, you wouldn't get any of that from the trailer because it's just sort of a, a random assortment of ominous clips uh played over a, a slow jam version of I want to be sedated by the Ramones. Uh, what do you th- what do you think about this? I'm not impressed. I got to say <laughs> I don't know. I was, I'm going to differ on you. I've seen the trailer too and I thought it looked it looked pretty good. It reminded me a lot it looked like a like a Dario Argento or just Italian horror movie very atmospheric nonsensical plot weird animals in it for no reason. I'll agree with you on that level, but there were so few images that caught me as striking. Uh, really? There's a lot of random shots of just houses and trees and a road and very banal things that aren't really... 
don't carry a lot of dramatic okay, weight. But you're also like leaving out, like you mentioned, yes, those shots exist in it, but you're also leaving out someone being dunked in a pool, of, a giant, giant pool vat of water, and then being surrounded by eels. I was excited about the eels, and I kept counting the shots in between uh, the really fascinating stuff. And it was, I think it was, the ratio was about 10 to 2. So they're I'm, really going for... I'm going to disagree on this one, guys. The tease factor. I think it looks good. I mean, anyone who directed The Lone Ranger, you know. This movie looks good, but the trailer is fucking bullshit. All right, well, that's a knee-jerk reaction. I can't wait to see some eels, though. I'll probably see it anyway. Cool. All right, well, this week, we have a really special movie lined up. Uh, it's Taylor Lautner's action opus, Abduction. It begs the question, can Taylor Lautner carry an entire action film on his beautifully symmetrical, broad, hairless shoulders? I say yes. The answer is, of course, yes. Um, this is a really weird movie. Uh, the plot of this movie is there's this, this kid, Taylor Lautner plays a high school kid, who um, is on a, like is going doing a report on websites and finds he's like on a missing persons what children's website and finds a picture of himself a universal coming of age tale right you find yourself on a missing persons website and then what ensues later is it turns out he's uh, the son of a spy but he wasn't raised by his dad because he was raised by two other spies who his dad gave him to to protect him because there was a fourth spy that wanted to kill his dad. And wanted to use his son as leverage to get some sort of list of names. Now, one of these shadowy government agencies is made up entirely of werewolves, right? You know, I never said that, but I, I believe it's implied. Yeah, it's it's hinted at. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's, it's a shared universe with abduction and Twilight. You see a trail of fur uh, leading into a unmarked FBI vehicle, so. Well, I mean, if you really want to get really weird about it, Dermot Mulroney is in this movie. He's also in The Grey, uh, which is about wolves. He, he is a wolf in real life. And in real life, he's a wolf. Taylor Notter was a wolf in Twilight. It all just comes full circle, you know. More like full cycle. I see what you did The there. lunar cycle. <laughs> okay, moving along. Uh, we got a clip to kind of set up the tone of this movie. I'm going to introduce it real quick. This is the part where Taylor has just learned that his, his uh, foster parents aren't his real parents. They're spies. And some other spies have invaded the house, killed his parents. And now Taylor, he's mad and he wants answers. You're going to be fine. You don't need to feel this. Such a waste, you know that? Hey! you need to know when I'm not dying here there's a bomb in the oven what oh my god
Okay, so that was the clip. Uh, there's <laughs> Bomb is always... Uh, bombs are always in the oven. That's the best place for them. I'm glad they went to the oven to check. Because if, sure. if they, yeah. yeah, if they would have just taken that shadowy government agent on his word, mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't have been able to take the rest of this ride with these characters. No, they're thorough. And, you know, I, also, it's, I want to point out that you can't, you obviously can't see this over the, over the radio, but uh, when, he, when he's questioning the agent and saying, who are you, you killed my parents, he's hitting him in the penis with a, a metal poker, like a fireplace poker, like repeatedly. As hard as he can. As hard as he can. And, you know, we've all seen Taylor Lautner. He's pretty, uh... He's jacked to he's high jacked. hell. You know, and this guy, I think, I this this spy has taken it pretty well. You could even call him the world's fittest teenager if you were so inclined. I mean, I would. Yeah, so this poor man, this, uh, uh, what organization does he work for? The, uh, Who does he work for? He works for that, uh, that, uh, like, Ukrainian guy. Is that guy, he's Ukrainian? He's like... Serbian. Serbian, it's Serbian. So, um, and But he, he doesn't have an accent. No, he has one of those really generic, like, uh, Eastern European accents yeah. that, like, they had, like, in the 80s movie all the time where it was not a real accent. He's a hired goon. Yeah, he's a, that guy's an independent um, uh, black ops guy, and that's just oh. one of his underlings. So he doesn't work for any agency. Uh, also, I want to point out, this is in this, in, right before we come in on him beating his, Taylor beating his penis, that same uh, spy was about to kill Taylor's girlfriend but commented about how hot she was right before he was about to put a bullet in her head. And literally every male adult in this movie is has the hots for Taylor Lautner's like 14-year-old squeeze. Well, you can you can rationalize the uh, Serbians because Europeans just have a, a higher understanding and appreciation of beauty, you see. Yeah, that guy wasn't Serbian, though. The Americans are just... They're just purrs. In fact, actually, the Serbian guy is the only person who doesn't hit on her. Incredible. So a classy move on the part of a Serbian uh, terrorist, I guess. <laughs> so um, this movie has a pretty low score on IMDb. It only has a four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Why? I don't know. Well, Keith, what do you? Why? Who? Look at this cast. Let's run it. Run it. Run this back for a second. Yeah, there's a this, lot of talent involved in this movie. This movie's directed by John Singleton. John Singleton, who also directed. Uh, Boys in the Hood. Boys in the Hood. Uh, uh, Poetic Justice. Baby Boy. Baby I believe. Boy. Yeah. Uh, and also, uh, Too Fast, Too Furious. Yes. Too Fast, Too Furious. L form. Listen to that resume. No, he's an accomplished, yeah, accomplished director. Uh, Here have... is a man who knows drama. He knows action. Mm -hmm. He knows rich, interesting, textured characters, mm -hmm. nuanced characters. <laughs> this movie is. Filled with nuanced characters. All he yeah, all what he does is he takes all of those movies, uh, throws them in a blender, and just condenses it down to its rawest element. You know, I want to call this movie like a, uh, like the Born Identity meets John Hughes, but I that's what I was trying to think when I was trying to describe it. I actually think it's more like that was my first thought, but it's I think it's more like a, the Born Identity meets Saved by the Bell. Or Disney Channel presents Crank. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, now let's talk about the cast real quick. Yes, the cast is pretty impressive. Obviously, for a movie like this, top of the top of the the food chain here, Taylor Lautner, incredible, mm -hmm. quiet, smoldering, brooding charisma. <laughs> yeah, 
He just oozes it from every. Pore. And he only looks directly into the camera once the whole time in the, yes. in the movie. In the movie, that's that's impressive. You know, some actors are looking three or four times into the camera. He only does it once. Well, they obviously had to do that because if he looked into the camera, we'd all get lost in his eyes, and that was know, it. We were we were sold. Yeah, the, we we're sold. There'd be no reason to watch the rest of the movie. Um, but we also have Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, Sigourney Weaver, hot off of Alien Three. <laughs> shows up uh as his therapist his therapist who also turns out to be a spy yes and i i can't help but think that she is training him to join the shadowy organization from spoilers for cabin in the woods from cabin in the woods oh yeah um because she essentially plays a similar character in in look and feel mm-hmm. and by the end of the movie, she's adopting him and taking care of him, and I can't help but think she's grooming him for a position, maybe teaming up with the the merman or definitely the merman, uh, the un- unicorn, yeah, or or maybe he's just the werewolf that's in Cabin in the Woods. Ooh, now you're talking. There we go. Right. I mean, just you do the math. Perfect. But we also, but we also have we have well, we already mentioned Dermot Mulroney. Uh, Alfred Molina. Just Dermot Mulroney's chin. And yeah, lips. you only see his chin and lips. Uh, yeah, Alfred Molina. What is uh, he doing here? I, he's a he's a CIA operative. What was his last movie? Before this. Before this. Well, I don't know. His previous film was The Sorcerer's Apprentice. A pretty uh, big movie. Yeah, cutting his teeth alongside Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage and the, that one with kid. Fimberl- fingerless gun. Jay Baruchel. Yeah. Who I love him and. Platonically, never thought he was going to be. Ne- never would have thought he'd be a wizard. No, never, no. Who would have thought that kid would grow He's up? He's kind be a of wizard. an edgier. He reminds me of a young Bobby De Niro. Um, <laughs> I could see Jay Baruchel in Taxi Driver, or let's take this movie Abduction for a second and and replace Taylor Lautner with Jay Baruchel. Yeah, let's retool this. Uh, Neville Dean and Taylor present Abduction, starring Jay Baruchel. Okay, I want to interrupt, kind of go off track because you said present and, and well they'll also direct also and they'll do their but, role, uh, but, but role. no it's, it's just reminding me of something at the beginning of the movie during the opening credits it says a legendary uh oh no Lionsgate is it Lionsgate or legendary pictures doesn't matter Lionsgate Lionsgate production in association with Mango Farms Pro- I'm guessing Mango Farms is probably a production studio but I don't want to know that I want to just believe that it's with the world conglomeration of Mango Farms just all got together. I mean, the fruit industry is pulling the strings in Hollywood, so I, we, yeah. we can't really escape that. It's yeah, just the I, way I it just is. like that they're being out and open about it. You know, in the past, they never would have put out, yes, this was a, a Mango Farm production. Yeah, it's nice been... to know, finally, which fruits are associated with which movies. Because yeah. maybe I want to go see Mango movies, but I don't want to necessarily go see uh, banana movies. No, or, fuck that. Um, I don't even like bananas. Yeah, I don't want to go see a pomegranate movie. I mean, that's the most annoying fruit of all, and I imagine their cinematic offerings can't be much better. I would highly doubt. I would imagine that every like uh, movie that a pomegranate is produced is probably like a Fran Drescher movie. <laughs> I can't imagine you're wrong about that. <laughs> All right, so sorry. who else is in this? Who who else do we have? Is, was that uh, all the that, heavy hitters? I think that's most of the heavy hitters. Uh, John Singleton has a cameo in it. Oh, excellent! He's on a train. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, oh, there's Denzel Whittaker, a young up and coming actor who looks exactly like 
Forrest Whitaker has appeared in movies with oh, Forrest Whitaker. Oh, he's some kind of a mashup between Denzel Washington and Forrest Whitaker. But he's not. I mean, he literally. When I saw when I I saw him in some movie, um, and I was like, I was like, oh, Denzel Whitaker. He looks like a tiny Forrest Whitaker. I was like, it must be Denzel uh, or must be Forrest Whitaker's son. They are not related. Incredible. But they've been in movies together. Um. Yeah, that's about it. I think. Uh, but a great supporting cast to foster the growth and evolution of 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 young Lockhart. Tile. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One of the things I really like about this movie, I mean, like, okay, we're making a lot of jokes, but like, what I actually like about this movie is I don't know what you mean. <laughs> is this movie is just it's super silly, it's super dumb, but I think everyone involved in the movie, from screenwriter, I mean, director, we talked about all these heavy hitters in it. They are all in on on it being a silly movie, you know. It's like I don't think anyone is taking this completely seriously, except for Taylor Lautner, who is so goddamn earnest in this movie. Uh, it's like it's it's really endearing, and I especially if you watch uh, like some of the special features on the DVD about him talking about the movie, and he just like he just thinks it's so cool. He's like very humble and happy to be a part of it, and he's a uh, He's like so excited. He's like, he's like, this is such a cool idea. I'm really, this is a great movie for me. I, I'm so proud of it. And he's like, I'm really proud that I got to do my own parkour in the movie. Which his parkour in the movie is like jumping over a garbage can. Yeah, I uh, think maybe he um, he kicks against a wall or a fence at one point. Mm-hmm. But that's when he's running away from a sixty year old man. Yeah, who's pretty fast though. Yeah. Um. But yeah, his enthusiasm comes through on screen. He spent ninety minutes scowling so hard, I thought his skull was gonna split open, (laughs) and little Taylor Lattners were gonna come scampering out. That's a movie I want to see. But you know, it's just like it almost just feels like yeah, you said like everyone else is just kind of like yeah, this is silly, Um, except for him. So it's almost like this like elaborate practical joke on Taylor Lattner, but in good natured, you know. It is. It's like a reality show vehicle for him and yeah it's and it is i don't know it's a lot of fun. i just think the movie's a lot of fun it's like i think if this movie had come out in the 80s and starred like a young matthew broderick or whatever everyone today would be super nostalgic for it and love it or eric stoltz uh definitely eric stoltz eric stoltz would be in this maybe movie. even um uh let's let's take it up a notch to michael j fox because i think michael j fox has enough edge to make something like this work now, when we get introduced to Taylor Lautner's character, who I like to refer to as Abduction, <laughs> Abduction is riding on the hood of a pickup truck yeah. in some backwoods highway on the way to a a party. Now, this is a high school party that has a DJ, party favors. There's like about 200 kids drinking from kegs in the front yard at like 12 in the afternoon. Pretty incredible lighting as well. Uh... They spared no expense on this party setup. Mm-mm. It gives you a, a pretty clear look into what abduction's life is like pre-discovery of his abduction. Yeah, it's, which is just basically a, a big party, but also lots of kung fu training because in the next scene, his dad, his foster dad, beats him up. With yeah, kung fu. his dad finds out that he's he, he he didn't call obviously because he was out partying all night. He passes out on the front lawn of the house he's at. His dad picks him up. Now, this is in under four minutes into the movie. 
Yeah. And already his shirt is popped off. There's no shirt. He's shirtless. We get to see the definition in his arms, his chest. Mm-hmm. They're, it's hair completely hairless. Yeah, he's completely hairless. Yeah. But then his, his punishment is a kickboxing lesson and a pretty pretty substantial beating mm-hmm. from his father and his his mother like just kind of like thinks it's pretty funny yeah this seems to be a, a typical day at the uh she goes, abduction like, house like the dad is literally like kicking taylor lautner in the face and yeah and the mom oh maria bello plays the mom there's another big names big maria name. bello also killing it in this movie uh she just goes like oh those are my boys my funny little boys as as her his dad uh, lucius malfoy from the harry potter series is kicking uh, Tilo in the face. Also, the flayed man from Event Horizon, if that's a, a reference point for you. Not me. But yeah, they they <laughs> they are kneeing each other so hard in the ribs that they should be going to the hospital. Yeah. For punctured lungs. Yeah. It's absolute insanity. Uh, one of my favorite scenes in this movie is the train uh, scene. Uh, one, I love action scenes. On trains, I love movies. Are you take... talking about uh, romantic action or? Oh, it's got confrontational. It all. It's action. got it all. So Taylor, uh, Taylor Lautner, and his little abduction, abduction, yeah, abduction, abduction, and, and his... his female sidekick slash crush. Uh, they're on the run from the spies, and they get on a train, and they have possibly one of the most uncomfortable kissing scenes I've ever seen. Now we're to understand that these are underage high school kids, right? They're supposed to be like. Are they 18? We don't know. I they, don't think they are. They are young enough still that they need fake IDs. And uh, when they're making out, this is their first kiss. And Since the 8th grade. Since the 8th grade, because I guess they had like a little fling in the 8th grade They've one got summer. history. And, and the girl goes, oh, this is so much better this time. And Taylor goes, I know what I'm doing now. And then he like then like they start dry humping, which also leads me to believe who is the target audience for this movie? Um, Middle schoolers. <laughs> but it gets really uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, and then shortly after that, we get another action scene on the train where a spy comes onto the train. Tilo abduction and his girlfriend gets split up. She sells him out real quick too. Like he, the, the spy grabs her and like he goes like, "Where's his room number?" And she's like instantly like just gives it to him. What does he threaten her with? Oh, like shooting her in the head. Oh yeah. So, but I mean, it's like it's, there's not even like hesitation. It's just well, like I think that that's less of her uh, throwing him under the bus and more of her believing in his uh, physicality and his abilities. Oh, she pretty much is sending that that goon to his death by revealing abductions position it's a pretty that's an interesting interpretation she's she's kind of uh vicious in that way actually and back in the um uh the oven scene she hands him the fire poker yeah i think that her intent was for him to stab that man right through the head wouldn't be surprised i don't think that's a big leap but anyway so then that 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 spy gets to train his room number from from her and he goes to face taylor on her i just want to point out that he's he's the only spy in this Who's not ripped? He, this guy's kind of like schlubby. He's a big husky. Um, uh, he looks like he kind of looks like a, a Eastern European Rain Wilson. Oh yeah, and uh, or a baby Ruth candy bar. He looks he's all lot, just all lumpy, <laughs> full of peanuts. <laughs> so him and Taylor have a pretty uh, pretty intense fight. 
Taylor, of course, wins after he remembers some advice from his foster dad, which is about you got to use your head. You got to think when you when you fight. And so he headbutts him. Headbutts him, thro- and then throws him out of the window of a train. A we moving get, train, a, moving a speeding train. train. And then we get a great CGI shot of a guy rolling in the dirt from the train, which I don't understand why they didn't just throw a dummy or something, but it's, it's like a very visible cartoon. With the wild ragdoll effects. Yeah. You see that earlier when the house explodes and the abduction bounces out of sideways out of the air into a pool. But the real creme de la creme of the scene is after he throws the guy out the window, the guy is clearly dead too. There's, there's no question that this guy is dead. Taylor looks at the floor, sees that his glass, the, the guy's glasses fell off, and he squashes them with his boot. Savage. Just to like really send that message home. That's an interesting... Uh, when you point that out, it makes me think of... This movie doesn't really have any um, sort of zingers or one-liners or catchphrases. It has a couple. He could say something like... There's like, uh, like really generic stuff like... Not if, unless I find you first, or yeah, it's it's more Steven Seagal like, and less Van Damme. Yeah, if we're comparing it to the heyday of action movies, absolutely, absolutely. Particularly with also with the sense that like in the Seagal movie, how he's like just invincible and an ultimate badass with no real problems. Yeah, and just scowling mm-hmm. and wow, that's an interesting comparison. I wonder how Steven Seagal feels about Taylor Lautner and abju- abduction. I mean, I figured if you put enough donuts in front of him while he watched it, he'd be just satisfied with pretty much anything. Uh, Congratulations, you've made yet another enemy through this show. <laughs> Bring it, Seagal! So, so far, Steven Seagal, Ice Cube, and Whit Hertford. That is a, a motley crew. I want to see it. This is my version of The Expendables. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going keep, to keep lining them up. Okay, well, I don't know. Do you have any other main points you want to make about this movie? Let's talk about the action scenes because abduction has lots of opportunities to get physical. Now, the first... I like the setup of his his physical prowess because you wouldn't expect a teenager to just have crazy martial arts skills unless he was three ninjas. Which... I, I mean, I... I... Who among us is? To me, I'd be on the safe side. I've always just kind of assumed that anytime I meet any teenager, so I'm always prepared. Just in case. Just in case. You don't want to come across uh, like the the teenager from uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles' The Secret of the Ooze. Right, yeah. He delivers a pizza and a spin kick to your head. Exactly. Who knows? You know, I mean, whenever I order pizza, I always consider that. That's a good way to live. That's smart. Um, but we get a, a good setup with the the training sequence with the dad. So even while he's hung over and throwing up and getting beat up by a larger man, he's still extremely tough, extremely fast, and can hold his own. The next fight scene, I believe, is Maria Bello versus three, uh, three, gen- three yeah, Serbian three gen- thugs. Yeah, and that's probably my favorite fight scene because it's. She holds her own incredibly and it's, it's well. It is a good scene. Like, yeah, it's a lot of fun watching her uh, kick the asses of three larger men. That was something when she appeared in the, a history of violence with Vigo Mortensen. That's something I wanted to, to see was her slapping around Ed Harris, mm-hmm. and we never got that. Mm-hmm. She played the peacemaker and stayed inside the house and mm-hmm. you know kept it cool. But I always knew that one day she was going to unleash the beast, and this was her opportunity. Good for her. I'm proud of you, Maria. <laughs> what was your favorite fight scene? Was my, it Maria Bello or uh, that one's good? I do think I I do think the train is my favorite. Just like 
Um, the train's probably my favorite because if if only for the glasses squishing. Did you notice that abductions, fight moves, his spin kicks, his punches, mm-hmm. they were so fast that every single shot in his fight scenes was cut before he even made impact. It's true. Before <laughs> his limbs finished their follow through, it was a cut, 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 cut. Well, that's what happens when, you know, you get trained by Bobby the Blue Ranger. Who? Bob. Taylor Lautner was trained in martial arts by Bobby the Blue Ranger from Power Rangers. Bobby the Blue Ranger? Which iteration of the Power Rangers is that? The one? first American version. Oh! Uh, yeah, that guy. I mean, he it was the... Oh, you mean Billy. Oh, Billy, yeah. Sorry. Billy. Sorry. Oh. The... <laughs> sorry, guys. <laughs> Billy, the nerdy one who we're didn't... Gonna get, we're going to get a lot of uh, angry uh, mail on this one. I was I, like, it's fucking Billy. You respect him. He was original Power Ranger. He's he is OG, and mm-hmm. you cannot deny that history. But Billy was the Power Ranger that was nerdy at first and didn't know any martial arts. And whenever they got attacked by putties, he would sort of scramble around like, oh, what am I going <laughs> to do? i got to figure out a way with science to fight. And yeah. then eventually he did learn martial arts. Yeah. So I mean, he kind of like was like the best Power Ranger because he had science and martial arts. Oh, to I his see. credit, you know, I see. he was underestimated, just like Tilo was. Okay, speaking of Elo underestimated, so in that early scene, like there's that bully at the party who's like calling Taylor Lautner like a nerd and a freak, a freak, yeah. Which, like, despite the fact that he is incredibly well put together, ripped, dresses in nice yeah. clothes, has a flawless face. A, we, a, a bizarre but flawless face. Um, I, I mean, the only leap I can make on that is the fact that he was kicked out of another school and had to transfer to this school. And he goes to therapy. Yeah, but do they even know that he goes to therapy? I don't know. And I, I mean, would, he goes to spy therapy. I feel like that's pretty secret. <laughs> I would imagine all of these rich white kids that he goes to school with probably are all in some form of therapy. Whether yeah. it's uh, drug and alcohol rehab or physical therapy or what have you. Also, what part I really like about that is so at that point, moment, that bully is actually uh, that's Taylor's uh, girlfriend in the movie. That's his. That's the she's dating him at first. Right. The bully, and she whispers something into his ear right as uh, the bully and, and abduction are about to get in a fight. Later, abduction asks her, "What did you tell him?" And he goes. I told him you'd kick him in the head if he didn't back off. He goes, how'd you know I'd kick him in the head? And she's like, I just know you. How did she know? I think they're next door neighbors, and I think that she's got like some kind of rear window scenario. I, if my neighbors was uh, an adult man and an incredibly ripped 14-year-old constantly kickboxing yeah. and punching each other in the face, that makes I sense. would always be watching this. This like, is an extremely non- attractive family. Non-stop. I'd be like, what the hell is going on? I would never not look. No. Um, the Your telescope would get steamed up one every of my, day of the week. One of my favorite scenes in the movie is actually the, the very final scene of the movie, and that's after every everything's done, uh, uh, bad guy's dead, and it's just Taylor... And his new girlfriend sitting in an empty baseball stadium. His How pe- did they get back in? Oh, they had like season tickets or something. They had like VIP passes. Yeah, the government let them in the, the, CIA the was back just, entrance. The CIA was just like, let these kids uh, go sit in this empty stadium. Yeah, sorry, abduction. So, Alfred Molina spent 
and some Serbian guy spent 90 minutes trying to kill you. Yeah, for uh, in less than 24 hours, his foster, he's discovered that he's not who he thinks he is. His foster parents have been killed. He's Oh, yeah, he's, they get shot and then blown up. He's talked to his real dad on the phone, but his real dad tells him he has to go away for again for his own safety. Yes, his dad is a very important and dangerous he's, spy who can't have a family or know anyone or... Do anything. Have other, a permanent other, address. Yeah. And then he's also like killed like three or four people. Um, but now he's just chilling, smiling, laughing with his girlfriend. And he goes, hey, that was one hell of a first date. Yeah, it was. They start kissing. Movie's over. And that's when I said masterpiece. All right, well, I guess that wraps us up for today. Thanks for listening. Uh, Thank you, Taylor Lautner. Thank you, John Singleton. Thank you, Sigourney Weaver, Alfred Molina, Maria Bello, Dermot Mulroney. Uh, Whitford Furt, Steven Seagal, Ice Cube, you can all go fuck yourselves. Oh, man. And uh, if, if you got any questions, comments, hit us up on the internet. You can go to our Facebook page. Listen to us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Leave a comment, like us. Oh, subscribe. leave a review. Leave Please a review. Let people know yeah. that we're here. Cause Even if it's a bad review, which we know it probably will be. As much as I like talking to myself, I would like a few more people to hear it. So that, that wraps it up. Thanks, guys. See you next time. Bye-bye.